Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to Life Verse 2019, week number two. It is great to see you and thank you for braving a little bit of snow to be at Valley Point Church this morning. I love this experience. And our series is very simple. We're encouraging everybody to consider looking into the Word of God and finding a verse or two that inspires or critiques or encourages, and then using that as a life verse to anchor our souls for 2019. And if you've done this before, I hope you find joy in searching again in the scriptures and finding another verse or two. If you've never done this before, I hope you'll take the challenge upon yourself to, again, think about the value of the Word of God and what it has to say and finding something to use as a resource for 2019. I love this experience, though, to think about us the church, searching the scriptures. It really is a beautiful thing. So thank you for being here. Well, here's how today is going to work. I have some research that I want to share with you regarding scripture reading and how that impacts people. And then I also want to share with you something interesting coming out of that, and that is the catch to reading scripture. And I do believe there is a catch. There is a challenge with it. And it's something that we need to be aware of as we engage with scripture. So research, the catch to reading the Bible. And then today I want to share with you the life verse that I have chosen for 2019. And I want to do that as a way to encourage you and let you know I'm doing this as well. And I feel that the verse I've chosen this year that God has given to me is meaningful and memorable and I'm excited about sharing that with you in just a bit. And then I have also chosen a church-wide life verse. And that's something new that we've never done in years past. I wanted to do that this year, and I'll explain all of that in just a few moments. But we have a life verse for the church as well that will serve as a foundation for us throughout this new year. So research, kind of the problem with reading scripture or the catch to it, and then I'll share with you my life verse and then the church-wide life verse. Okay, here's our big idea for today, and this will frame our conversation, so please take out your talk notes, grab a pen. We have a few blanks here. Here's our big idea. Values are displayed with what occupies our time, okay? Values are displayed with what occupies our time. I think you can flip that statement and say, what occupies our time also will display our values. In other words, if we love doing something, whatever it might be, if we love it, we'll probably give time to it. And values are displayed in what captures our time. I believe for the follower of Christ that scripture should be something that occupies a little bit of our time. And if we value the word of God, and a lot of Christ followers will say that, 
Well, the word of God is valuable. It's important and I need it in my life. Well, if we value the word of God, then we should be willing to give some time to it. Can I encourage you this morning? Can I do that? It's a cold morning. There's snow. Let me encourage you, okay? The very fact that you are here this morning, sitting in this room and thinking about life verse 2019, the very fact that you are here tells me that you value the word of God. So great job, church. Great job. And I'm proud of you for being here because, again, I think it communicates you value the word of God. And maybe you've never thought about church that way, but it's true. When you come, we are submitting ourselves to the word of God, and we do this every week. We open up scripture, and we read a verse or two or a paragraph, and we ask some questions. What does it say? What does it mean? And how can I use this in my life? And that's the word of God. And every time we open it up, we need to be asking those questions. And I believe the word of God is living and powerful. It has something to say to us today. And every time we open it, we're valuing scripture. So great job, church, doing that today. I want to push us, though, as a faith family and say that a little more time in scripture on Monday through Saturday would be a good thing for all of us. And that's one of our challenges today. Just a little more time in scripture on Monday through Saturday would be a great thing for us. Some research. In a recent book by Phil Cook and Jonathan Bach entitled, The Way Back, How Christians Blew Our Credibility and How We Can Get It Back. So in this book, they did some research on church-going Christians, and part of the research centered on reading scripture. And here's what their research uncovered. Only 19% of church-going Christians read the Bible daily. Only 25% of church-going Christians read the Bible a few times a week. And 40% of church-going Christians read the Bible once a month, rarely or never. And there is other research that can get next to that and affirm what they discovered. So I think you read that and you come to the conclusion that even church-going Christians may not be that great at spending a little bit of time in Scripture. So what's the solution? (laughs) Well, in the church world, we tend to say something like this. Well, if we're not reading the Bible enough, then let's just read the Bible a little bit more, and let's make that a habit, and let's get excited about it, and people jump up and down and say, read the Bible more, it's a great thing, and that's not necessarily a great solution. I think reading scripture is a bit more complicated than just saying we need to read it a little bit more. There is a catch to reading scripture. And so let me share a couple of thoughts with you, a couple of catches or problems potentially with just saying we need to read the Bible a bunch more. And again, the encouragement today is 
yeah, let's read a little bit more, but, but there, is, there is a catch. So here's the first catch. If reading the Bible makes me prideful or arrogant or judgmental in any way, then I'm reading for the wrong reasons. If reading the Bible in any way makes me prideful, I'm reading for the wrong reasons. I'm reading it to make me worthy in some way. If again, I read scripture and I come across as prideful or judgmental or arrogant, then I'm reading to make me worthy. And what is so unique about scripture is when you dive into these pages, you discover the mind and heart of God. And when you find the mind and heart of God, that always moves me away from me. And I'm not prideful or judgmental or arrogant because I'm discovering the mind of God. So if I'm reading scripture and it makes me prideful in any way, then I am reading for the wrong reasons. I'm reading to make me worthy and that's not a good thing to do. Here's the second catch. Guilt-driven study of the word of God only produces more guilt. And I believe this will probably resonate with a lot of us. Because there's a lot of guilt connected to reading the Bible. And when we don't read it, we feel really guilty. And so then we pick it up out of guilt to study and read. But what I have discovered is that guilt-driven study of the word of God only produces more guilt. And there's never an end to that. And here's how it works. You probably know the drill. A pastor or a friend kind of rings the bell Hey, we need to read the Bible more because it's God's word to us and it's really important. So read the Bible more, study the Bible more, read, read, read. That's what we need to be doing. And I have even said that today. A little more time in scripture is a good thing. And so we hear this challenge and often we get very excited about that. Yes, I need to value the scripture, so I've got to make it a habit. I need to get back to doing that. And with a lot of zeal, we pick a reading plan and we get resources and we start out a new year, perhaps, with great intentions of spending considerable amounts of time reading scripture. And then, inevitably, life happens, right? We get busy, there's family events, there are work responsibilities, and we begin to move away from spending time in the word of God, and we begin to feel guilty about that, and we play this type of narrative in our mind. God loves me, and that's true. He loves me no matter what I do, but God loved me so much that he gave his son, and His son Jesus came and his body was beaten for me and his blood was shed for me. And I can't even spend a few minutes reading the word of God. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And maybe I'm not making God happy. And all of this guilt just pours into our lives. And the guilt over missing time in the word of God becomes an obstacle standing in the way. And we tend to give up or stop altogether. When it comes to reading the Bible, I am convinced 
I'm just absolutely convinced that we have to move away from the guilt narrative. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because how do you know if you've ever done enough? And so I hope today we can free ourselves from reading the Bible out of guilt. And here's why I would say that. Our worthiness before God is based on his work, not mine. Okay? Let me say that again and let this just fall into your soul. And perhaps you need to chew on this all day long. Our worthiness before God is based on his work and not ours. And when we free ourselves to understand our value and worth based on what God has done for us, we can get free from a guilty conscience when it comes to religious and spiritual activity. I hope that makes sense. Okay, all of that to say this. Reading scripture should not be based on pride or guilt. And I want that just to be a part of what we discovered today. Reading scripture, whenever I do that, however much I do that, it should never be based on pride or on guilt. We need to build a new narrative when it comes to reading scripture. And I believe this, reading scripture should be driven by a humble heart that desperately wants to walk with God and live in his presence daily. It's getting to a point where I say this, I need the word of God and I'm not, I'm not reading it out of guilt. I'm not reading it to be prideful in any way, but I, I love what's here and it encourages and it helps and inspires. It even critiques occasionally. And I desperately want this and need this in my life. It's reading out of that kind of narrative of saying, I want and I need to walk with God on a regular basis and it comes from a humble place not a prideful place. And then we find a plan and we read. And I believe in the process, God gives us incredible thoughts and verses to claim as our own. If you've been reading scripture for a long time, this is something that you do. And you're happy with how you do that and where you do it and you're pleased with the regularity of it. I just want to say to you, I hope you're not reading out of pride or guilt. I hope you're not doing that. I hope you're reading from a humble heart that wants to walk with God and live in his presence. That's how we should be reading the word of God because we want this and we need it desperately in order to survive. Maybe you're just beginning the journey of thinking about a reading plan and finding a verse or two to anchor your soul for this new year. I would encourage you, dive into scripture. I believe God will meet you here and he'll give you something that you can claim as your own. But don't read to become prideful and don't read out of guilt. Read because you want to walk with God daily. Do it that way. So we don't read scripture out of pride or out of guilt. Not helpful, not helpful. We need to move away from that narrative and we need to replace it with reading scripture out of a humble heart that just wants to walk with God and live in his presence. 
May God give us all of the strength and the ability to get into that type of place. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to share my life verse that I've chosen for this new year with you. And I do that because I want you to know I'm on this journey with you. I'm not just asking you to read and find a plan and look for a couple of verses that help you and encourage you. I'm on this journey with you, and I've been searching for a couple of months for a verse, and I found something that just jumped into my heart. And it's meaningful and memorable to me, and I hope in sharing this with you, it encourages you to search and dig and find a verse for yourself as well. All right, so my verse for this year is Isaiah chapter 26, verse 8, and here's what it says. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. And our heart's desire is to glorify your name. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. And our heart's desire, or I'm personalizing this, my heart's desire is to glorify your name and make much of the name of God. Not me, not my name, but just to glorify the name of God and make much of him. So this verse is very simple for me as I think about 2019. I want to do more than just study the scripture. And I do study the scripture. And I love doing that so I have something to share with all of you. And I plan on studying the scripture quite a bit this year as well. I love to do that and just to meet God right here. And and what does this mean? And what does it say? And how can it help and encourage us? And there's troubling things in the Bible that don't always make sense. And so how can we come to a conclusion on what God is trying to communicate, even with troubling things? I'm excited about studying the scriptures in 2019, but I want to do more than that. I want to obey what God outlines here. And I want to do that so that I can show God my trust in him. Okay, God, here's what you've revealed and here's what you want for me. And it might not always make sense. Maybe I don't even always agree with it, but God, I'm going to show my trust in you by obeying your laws. And then my heart's desire deep down on the inside is that I want to glorify the name of God. I want to make much of him. All glory goes to God. All glory to him. My life and Valley Point Church are intertwined. They're really hard for me to separate. I I really can't do that. And I love the fact that we're combined together somewhat. We're family now. And so often the verses that I choose not only impact me personally, but they impact us as a church because from this verse flow so many thoughts for me as I study and as I research the scriptures. So God, we want to obey your laws to display our trust in you. I want that for all of us. And I want that for our faith family. And our heart's desire, (laughs) Valley Point Church, our heart's desire is to make much of the name of God and to point people to a real relationship with him. So our lives are intertwined. Today's kind of a special day for me. This Sunday represents my ninth anniversary as your pastor. We're growing old together. (laughs) 
We're growing old together. And when we moved here nine years ago, we just had a, a simple dream of loving people as best as we could and giving them Jesus. That's it. Let's love people and give them Jesus because he brings hope and purpose for living. So love people and give them Jesus. And by the grace of God, in nine years, we've been able to see that happen. And I want you to know, I love you. I do. And that may seem like a strange thing to say because I don't know everybody well in here. We've grown as a church quite a bit. And that's made it challenging to have deep relationships with everybody. But God has just given me a special love in my heart for this church and for you. And we're a family now. We're walking through this. And as I think about Isaiah chapter 26, our heart is to obey what God wants and to show our trust this way. And our heart's desire and passion is to make much of the name of God. I have a fire in me to keep doing that and to join you in the journey of pointing people to real relationships and real significance. So that's my verse. That's how I found it. It's meaningful and memorable to me. I've shared this with all of you in the past, but I have a personal purpose for leading. And it kind of goes back to Isaiah chapter 26. And so my purpose for leading is to build teams and systems and services that helps the church, specifically our church, Valley Point Church, surprise and delight. And that's my purpose for leading, to build teams, systems, and services that helps the church surprise and delight. And I think God is going to take that personal purpose for leadership and run it into Isaiah chapter 26, verse 8, which talks about, okay, God, I will show my trust in you by obeying your laws, and my heart's desire is to glorify your name. And I hope to have an amazing year working on that personally and also working on that together as a faith community. That's my verse. That's how I chose it. It's meaningful and memorable to me. That's a bit of the process that I walked through in choosing that. I would encourage all of you now, you begin that process as well. Find something that jumps into your heart, that makes you laugh or cry or something in between, and that very well could be your verse or verses for 2019. Isaiah 26, verse 8. That's my personal life verse. Now, here's something new. I've never chosen a church-wide life verse before. And this is somewhat of a tradition for us. If you've been around for a few years, you know that every January, we start the year by encouraging people to look into the Word of God and to find a verse that you can claim as your own. So we've been doing this for a few years, but I've never chosen a church-wide verse I have an advisory team that I meet with and they advise me on a lot of different areas and categories and they came to me recently in one of our meetings and said, hey, life verse is coming. What if this year you chose a life verse for the entire church? And I said, that's a great idea. I love it and let's do it. And I kind of came up with two reasons for choosing this. 
One is that choosing a life verse for the entire church gives us a theme for the year, something that we can return to and reflect on as we journey together in the coming months. Last year, we had this theme that said, if you want to have your best year, pursue having your best spiritual year. And if you have your best spiritual year, you may indeed have your best year. That's possible. Now, it may not happen, but it certainly is possible. And that was kind of our theme for the year. And we came back to that month after month. If you remember last year in February, we said one of the ways we can have our best spiritual year is to be kind. And we rolled out a kindness challenge, and that was a lot of fun for us. And then in other months, we kind of went back to that theme. Over the summer, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. You remember that? And said, if you want to have your best spiritual year, then you need to put on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and I don't know if I remember the rest, but it's all there, and hopefully you remember it. And we said, if you want to have your best spiritual year, then, then do those things. So I think having a church-wide life verse provides a theme that we can go back to continually and say, let's center ourselves on this. So that's one of the reasons. The second reason why I think it's a great idea to choose a church-wide life verse is it can be a very difficult thing to open up the word of God and say, okay, God, what, what's my verse? And, and I get that tension And that's intimidating. And some people give up in the process and maybe even feel guilty that everybody else is finding some type of verse and I can't seem to find anything at all. I want to alleviate that tension a little bit and say, if this is something that's really difficult or problematic for you, then I'm going to share a verse that you can claim as your own for this year. And I think it'll be something that you enjoy. So our church-wide life verse is hopefully something that several of you will remember. I want to go back to Micah chapter 6, verse 8. I just love these words. So moving, so moving. Here's what it says. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. I believe this is going to provide a great theme for all of us, and if you don't have a life verse yet, perhaps you just want to adopt this one. I love the question, what does the Lord require of you? Have you ever wondered that? Like, What, what does God actually want from me? From little old me, and and what does he desire? Well, scripture's clear. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. So that is our church-wide life verse for the year. We'll come back to that again and again. And if you don't have a verse yet, I would encourage you to think about just adopting our church-wide life verse, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. It's powerful. It's good. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Okay, let me give you some takeaways as we conclude and think about choosing some verses. First of all, I want to encourage everybody here to embrace the power of four. Embrace the power of four. 
the Center for Bible Engagement, CBE, which is an organization that provides tools for reading the Bible, and they do quite a bit of research as well as to how they can engage people into the Word of God and and help them read and love what God has given to us. So the Center for Bible Engagement has come up with this concept of the power of four. And it basically sounds like this. People who engage in four periods of time in Scripture throughout the week. So four periods of time. Their lives look a little bit different than those who do not engage in Scripture in four periods of time throughout the week. And so what the Center for Bible Engagement encourages is spend four periods of time in the Bible throughout a week, and here's what their research has shown. If you do that, people who engage the Bible four or more times a week are 228% more likely to share their faith, 407% more likely to memorize scripture, 59% less likely to view pornography, And we could spend a lot of time talking about that. Research has shown that pornography is devastating for people. It destroys individuals and it hurts children and it's so easily accessible. And what the Center for Bible Engagement has shown is that time in the Word of God actually helps us to overcome something that can be very addictive. And so many people walk through that on their own They fight it in isolation because you can't talk about it. You can't admit that to anybody, but it's a devastating thing. And so if anyone is dealing with that type of addiction, just know in order to put something off, you have to put on something in its place. And again, research shows that time in the word of God actually helps overcome something that can destroy a person on the inside. And for periods of time, indicate that a person is 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. I share that with you because I think it's a good model to shoot for in terms of Bible engagement four times in a week. If you were here last week, you heard me say, if you shoot for three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you take even just five minutes, and you get a plan, and you open up the word of God and just let that soak into your mind for a little bit and then move on with your day, that would be a great thing. Well, consider this. If what the Center for Bible Engagement is saying is true, that four periods of time in a week help you live a different kind of life, if you show up on Sunday, there's your fourth time. So Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, I wouldn't limit it to that, but if you do that, again, Research indicates you might live a different kind of life than people who don't do that. So embrace the power of four as you think about reading scripture, okay? Secondly, ask God to give you a memorable verse. If you talk to God and say, God, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna read a chapter or I'm gonna read off of that helpful life verses sheet, I I need you to give me something. I think if you pray and you talk to God about that, he'll do it. He'll show you something. So ask God to give you a memorable verse. 
Last week, we provided a sheet that is still available at the Just For You table in the lobby. It is a sheet that has two sides of helpful life verses. And if you don't know where to start, I would encourage you, go grab that sheet and look over that and pray and ask God to give you a memorable verse. I think you can find it right on that sheet. Also, last week, we made available a devotional book that takes you every day through the book of Proverbs. And that book is available for $10 in the lobby. I'm using that as one of my tools for scripture reading. It's excellent. It gets you into the word of God. And as you do that, a little bit of time, again, you pray and ask God to give you a memorable verse. And then finally, identify verses that move your heart. And when you find something that moves your heart, you've probably found your verse or verses. And mark them, love them, embrace them, memorize them, as you'll be able to just say it over and over and over again throughout the year. And I believe God wants to give that to you because you have no idea what's coming tomorrow. Well, maybe we do a little bit. We know our schedules, but there's always surprises that we cannot plan for in life and your verse will help you manage all of that. Next week, I really want you to be here because I'm going to be interviewing four different people who have put in the hard work of identifying their life verses for this year. I'm going to interview them, and they're going to share with you their verses and why they've chosen them. And I love this Sunday because it's our church looking at people who sit where you sit, work where you work, go to school where you go to school, and they're diving into this and making it a priority. And so I think it's going to be a very encouraging week. You're going to love hearing their perspective on what they've chosen and why. So please be here next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. You've done a great job. Can you smile? All right, let's pray. Father, We've already sung about how you are good. You are good. We believe that even during troublesome times because that's what you tell us in Scripture. You also reveal so many other things about who you are, and when we read the Bible, it moves us away from ourselves. So God, I pray for each and every person here, including myself, help us not to read the Bible for the sake of becoming prideful, gaining information. Help us not to read the Bible because we feel guilty. God, would you help us all, including myself, to read the Bible out of a deep love for wanting to meet you God, my confession to you today is that I I find myself reading the Bible because I'm supposed to. I'm a pastor and I've got to do this and I begin to feel guilty. And reading the Bible out of guilt only produces more guilt. I know this to be true. And so my confession to you is I want to read the Bible because I have a heart to walk with you and live in your presence. I pray that for everybody here as well. God, give us a great week as we engage once again in Scripture, maybe up to four times, perhaps. 
God, I pray that you give everybody a verse or two, something to claim as their own for this new year. And as we continue to journey through Life First 2019 and come to the last Sunday of this month, I pray that would just be a glorious time where we commit to these verses that you've given to us. In the process, help us to do the hard work of searching and reading, knowing that you will meet us and give us something. We ask for that, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.